Welcome to Devices of Issues, the foul mouthed, spoiler filled comic book podcast where we talk about comic books. I'm Sly. I'm Ryan. I'm Phil. And I'm Daryl. Good evening, comrades. Yeah. For this issue, we're going to be talking about Green Lantern, or are we going to be talking about Red Lanterns? <gasps> you mean the ones that are fueled by hate, is it? No, the ones before that, the ones that were commies. <laughs> yeah. oh, Literally. The true Red Lanterns. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm calling this a crossover between my two favorite podcasts, Divisive Issues and Oops, I Talk Politics. <laughs> oh, I wonder why I like those podcasts so much. I hate those fucking shows. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I, as, as guests, we have all the hosts of Oops, I Talk Politics here. Wow. <laughs> hi, I'm Hi, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, hi, da- hi uh, Sly from Divisive Issues. Hi, Sly from Oops, I Talk Politics. Wow, you're such a racial asshole. Yeah, you too. Fuck <laughs> off, asshole. So I suggested this story a while ago and then i don't know for some reason we decided to do it now we're going to talk about green lantern 207 to 210 which is part of the steve Englehart run who we've talked about steve Englehart before on the show mm-hmm. did we i forgot yeah he why. did the doctor strange stories oh where yes he witnessed yep. yes. the biblical creation of the universe and also when he witnessed as well as him getting cucked, him getting cucked by <laughs> ben franklin so that, oh yeah that, that's perfect that we, we cover we cover the two aspects of sting Englehart. we need to know he has weird fetish stuff, and he has, like, cool, like, outer space, like, world-building stuff. Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. him as a writer. Yeah, I like Steve Englehart a lot. hmm And this is his Green Lantern run, which he wrote Green Lantern for, like, a pretty long time. And it's a run that gets really forgotten a lot, even though it kind of built the franchise up, like, more than almost any writer. And I'm gonna do a big, like, <laughs> exposition dump a little bit here. So, we've talked about Green Lantern before. Like, we spent a lot of time on Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan's not the only Green Lantern, you plebs. I know. <laughs> well, so, this is also the... fanboy. <laughs> this is also the Joe Staten run. He does all the art, and I like his art a lot. Yeah, me too, actually. It's uh, uh, very it's very 80s, like very Brady Bronze Age, but it's very nice and clean. I like it. Hmm. This is going to sound weird. I really like the way he draws hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> I, I like the way he draws Salak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I so, like that speaking yeah. of which, this is when the Green Lantern book for the first time shifted away from being completely Earth and human-centric, even though this, this like, area of this run is very Earth-centric. But it stopped being just a Hal Jordan book, and what happened is there was a big crossover called Christ on Infinite Earths when all the Green Lanterns were killed, except for just a couple. And they restationed their headquarters to Earth, and the lineup is Salak, who you guys mentioned, which, how would you describe Salak? His face is like a smushed pancake, but he's a bug man or something. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got four arms. He's like flat as a washboard, and he has hip bones that are really low. He looks so goddamn weird and ugly that I'm like so into it. And that, that's what I love about it because it's uh, it looks like an alien. Like most Queen Mansion aliens. Yeah. Are whoa, stupid. whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a second, Sly. This is what you love about it because I remember having a conversation <laughs> with you a couple oh years ago. Oh my god! Where <laughs> Hold on. No, this is important. Where Sly was like, I don't like alien f- protagonists because I only relate to people that look like me. <laughs> that's that's pre-racist, pre-racial Sly. Yeah. That's, for, that's, that's for butchering my and trying to character assassinate me, Ryan. What I said was, 
It's hard to relate to a person that's like a human being because his experience is going to be different when he doesn't have a humanoid body, which is a fact. You can fuck off your... your <laughs> oh, oh, so you, you, are you telling me you can't relate to Chip oh, the Squirrel Man? Oh, no, we're man? talking about bio-truths. So, okay, <laughs> so that was Slack. Now, Phil also mentioned another member, Chip, who is a chipmunk. <laughs> Oh yeah, with with green overalls, Jesus, yeah, goddamn, and a little bow tie. Oh my he, god, he looks like like a like a, a Disney cartoon character. Yeah, I, his I, name is I, Chip C H apostrophe P. I, I yeah. first hated Chip, and then I'm like, I can kind of get into Chip. <laughs> he's like very like I, cute. He's very he's very he's very cutesy. He's very chipper, if you will. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's he's just a. I like Chip, except. He also, at this time in the book, he has, like, this, like, shaman, also chipmunk guy there as a supporting character. <laughs> yeah, his African really uncle weird. or something. Yeah, and they try to make this, like, serious thing. It's like, he hasn't repented for his... He cannot see our ritual. He he cannot be trusted. And he, like, you <laughs> see, you so see this, like, chipmunk, like, shaman, like, lurking in the shadows, like, as if I care about these fucking characters. <laughs> he's sad, and it's, like, a very... Like Rufus has a very tense moment. And the guy leaves, and At like, one point, Chip has an inner monologue where he's like, "I haven't gotten over the death of my wife." And I'm like, "You're a chipmunk wearing overalls." Yeah, and he always has like he has a cartoonish like big eyes and like a, a goofy smile with buck teeth sticking out. Like he he doesn't like Kilowog looks kind of monstrous, but he yeah. emotes very well. Whereas Chip never emotes, so he's always looking happy. He's a cartoon character. He's like a, he's like a Disney character in this yeah. Green Lantern comic. So Daryl mentioned Kilowog, the third <laughs> member of our team. Kilowog looks like a basically like a big like bull monster we've talked about him a little in the past he was in the last will and testament of hal jordan mm-hmm. but like he just looks like a big scary kind of like an like, orc or something like, yeah, like an orc meets like a pit bull he was in the yeah. grant movie he was the guy played by michael clark duncan oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah he so. was so and then we also have john stewart and hal jordan john mm-hmm. stewart is the black green lantern from the justice league cartoon and hal is the white green lantern from uh, all the other episodes we've done and the movie and the bad, that, the bad uh movie yes the bad movie and then we have our final member who i want to give a little more backstory on no no we have a john stewart's girlfriend oh yeah cat i forgot about cat matui cat matui is the is <laughs> his fucking name i don't know her fucking name i think they're know, alien I phil respect them yeah she's she's just a blue lady she, no, she's pink. Magenta. She is the one who uh, led the civil rights revolution against Sinestro and took over for him as Green Lantern. Oh, yeah. That, I, I, that makes sense because she has the pink skin like him, too. Okay. And uh, she gets super fridge later where a Green Lantern villain shows up and decapitates her to get back at Jon Stewart. So, yeah, good. Uh, good. That doesn't yeah, happen that's, yet, though. That, that's the only way I, I knew her. I knew uh, Jon Stewart had a girlfriend that died and I knew she, she had pink skin. So that's the only way. I'm like, oh, this must be her. And yeah, Kevin is actually, like, awesome. She so then kind of likable we, in the story. We also have Arisia, who... <laughs> When Steve Englehart's run started, before we're going to jump in here, Arisia was a little girl. She was, like, 12. And she had a big crush on Hal Jordan. Like, but it was it was written like a girl would have a crush on, like, a teacher. Like, it was, like, he was, like, you can't do this, you're too young. You know, this is, you know, it's whatever, it's just, like, a little crush. But, like... Com- comics have, a pro- have, like, a thing of this. Because, like, that was the same thing of Sue Storm and Reed Richards. Like, she yeah. was a crushing on him as, her like, her older high school teacher... 
uh, friend, and then she grew up, and now Reaper's just like, now I can bone you, it's great. But the thing that makes it super weird is Hal Jordan calls her honey the whole time when she's a kid, which, like, yeah. why do that? Which is strike one. <laughs> which is strike yeah. one. Then they're fighting Black Hand in the previous issue, and he who traps... Looks, who looks kind of like Black Bolt. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. does bring it back. Oh my god, he does. Wow. He does. <laughs> Except Black Hand is... He later becomes, like, the Grim Reaper of the DC Universe, but at the time, his whole thing was he just shot laser beams and would only speak in cliches and puns. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm quitting the show. It's just like learning about onomatopoeia killing <laughs> yeah. Batman's girlfriend. But the important part, the important part about Aresia is her and Hal get locked in a cave. They get, like, thrown in a hole in the ground and get locked in a cave. And she'd been feeling kind of sick recently, and it's because her ring was subconsciously responding to her and forcing her body to grow older. So all of a sudden, even though she's still 12 years old, her ring put her in the body of an adult. And... Well, well, the last time we see them in this cave is he says something, he calls her honey, and she, it zooms in her face, she says, don't call me honey, unless you mean it. And then it cuts to the, our team that we just established, freeing them from the cave and finding them making out. (laughs) So wait, it was like the scene where she transformed, he's like, you're good to go. (laughs) He's like, yeah. yeah. And by the way, he even looks like fucking uh, Reed Richards. Like, this is a fucking like, trend. The brown haired, white uh, streaked guy. He doesn't have the white streaks yet. Yeah, but he gets it later. Like, it's, what is this fucking uh, trope in comics? Yeah, and in this, when we first start in the story now, we're going to actually get into it. But I just, I never get to talk about A's Green Lantern. Man, we should, by, by the way, we should do a flash pretty soon because I want to see you talk about that and see Phil and Dale's reaction to that shit. Oh, God. Is it worse than dating an underage girl in a grown woman's uh, we body? We should do the story where uh, Barry gets beaten so bad by a gorilla that he has to get plastic surgery to look like a different guy. <laughs> wow. See that's anyway. that's like crazy comics. That's not like like this where it's like this is pro- this is troubling. Like especially when you're having it's not another character doing it. It's that it's Hal Jordan, the most like the stalwart of the Green Lanterns. Yes. I, to be honest, to be fair, it wasn't as weird in old, in the olden days. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It really was. People were like to follow it, us for a long like time. yeah. It's, it was like. Ten years is not a big deal, and usually the girl's younger. Uh, also, for the record, there are still states in the United States where child marriage is like a legal thing. Yeah, yeah. so like just, our just want to say like there are still that's but still a thing that happens. This isn't a great thing. <laughs> not, no, 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 saying that this is like we support this, but we're saying like uh, it, it makes sense that there are people out there that would read this and be like, this is fine. Because uh, yeah, yeah. the thing that makes it weird though is that she because like in what I'm saying, this ha- has happened in the past. It's like. They know, like, the guy knows her when she's younger, but she still grows up to be 20 or something, and he's Yeah, 35. with the aid of a magic ring. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is, like, when when she doesn't actually grow up, it gets weird, because then it's just a well, kid's that's, head that's, being put that, in That's the... the only problem they have with that. John, John Stewart says, like, yeah, like, he, she, like, they knew each other when he, when he grew up, and she grew up, but... She didn't actually grow up. She was like uh, a, a kid, like, five minutes uh, ago. This is like... just like when that lady has sex with Tom Hanks in Big... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh god. Oh, spoilers. Yeah. I didn't fucking see that movie, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> this is a spoiler-filled podcast. Okay, the last thing I want to say about Mauricia is Jeff Johns tried to fix this where he retconned it where no, on her planet, a one revolution around the sun was like 30 years. Oh, so she's yeah. really ancient. It's like, okay, guy. She's sure. a thousand year old dragon. Yeah. And she still acts like body. a little kid though. Yeah. It's like that's another that's an anime thing where yeah. it's like yeah. I am don't don't talk to me that way. I'm actually 150 years old, but she's just a little girl. Like Yeah, I look I look ten years old forever and i have like i look flat as a board but uh, and and i and not just that but i have the mannerisms and and maturity of a 10 year old that's what yeah yeah. 
That's so, not good. No good, as my friend Sonic that's would say. no good. The rest of the team thinks to themselves, this is super weird, but doesn't ever actually, like, say anything, and it doesn't yeah. seem to be a real and problem. I, I feel bad because I, I, re- I like Engelhart as a writer, and I like that he zooms in on it, and he gives Jon Stewart a moment to be like, hey, this is really weird when Jon Stewart's talking to his girlfriend about it. But I also don't like that they don't confront them about any of this, being like, like, especially just, like, John talking to Hal, being like, do you know what you're doing, man? Like, do you, like, yeah. is this okay? Is this kosher? Instead, they're just like, well, love is love, you know? It comes in a lot of different forms, including yeah. pedophilia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, whole, the whole issue, like, the uh, whole debate is, oh, love can always be loving love, 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 love. Like, there's not real much debate after, like, they bring up, like, like Hal just says, like, I hope I'm not a child molester. Like he says, yeah, he literally, he literally says that. Says that. <laughs> and yeah. she says, "Don't worry." This is the, the, the girl says, "Don't worry. This is love. I love you. Loving, loving love." And then that's the end of it. Which is, which is like, why listen? To, like, not to be mean to her, but why listen to her viewpoint when she's been stricken with you from the beginning as a child? Yeah, like yeah. you, you need to talk to someone else about. Okay, this. we have already spent way more time on this than Engelhart does. <laughs> well, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that is. She gets written out of the book, and this isn't the status quo for more than, like, a year. But it's still it's still fucking weird. But yeah. whatever. So the issue 207 starts with Kilowog getting interviewed on TV, where they just had some big superhero fight. This is the one that, you know, that guy, that uh, Hal and Aresio were trapped underground for. And the guy is pretty upfront, where he's like, you used to be a super suspicious alien, and now you're a world-renowned hero. He's How talking does that to Kilowog. Yeah, and Kilowog's like... I mean, it feels, it's like, whatever, we're just trying to be heroes. And then he starts complaining about a journalist, Tawny Young, who was, like, out to get them, like a J. Jonah Jameson type. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, whoa, we gotta cut that. You can't slander a another journalist on TV. She's gonna yeah, have, to, have, to be, have to be impartial. Both sides just as bad, Kilowog. Yeah. You're gonna be a fucking news correspondent. Piece what I don't get is how, like, so are you gonna sue the Green Lantern Corps? Is that a thing? And it's like, like for what? For my fucking ring? Come take it. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure networks are not liable for shit they're corresponding. Oh, then, yeah. So then I guess they're going to sue Kilowog and take away his, his costume. It's like one of those things has. that, like, it, it, it's so weird to have these kind of, like, Earth-like problems when you're, like, a space cops. Well, it's but like, the, one yeah. of the things that I like about this is throughout this whole story, the aliens, like, Salak, Chip, and Kilowog, c- re- comp- like, very regularly say, well... Like, this Earth custom's super weird. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like this at all. But I guess, like, I, if Hal says that's a thing, I guess that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I get that they're trying to, uh, like, uh, you know, conform to local customs because they are, like, like, like the space cops. So, like, and wherever you go. And I think Engelhart does this intentionally to showcase how dumb he thinks certain things are. Mm-hmm. Like, suing for slander. Yeah. They should really open up libel laws, guys. Really <laughs> and, and it is a part of the story of that Kilowog realize, like thinks all of this is stupid and mm-hmm. that's changes changes later on. But I do agree with Phil, especially compared to like, uh, Doctor Strange's example. The reason why I love Engelhardt's Doctor Strange run is because the best runs are always the ones that go out there and get really trippy and stuff like that. And there, there's some really bad runs where they have shit like one time like the, the tax collectors came and tried to repossess Doctor Strange's house and I'm like, what the fuck is this doing yeah. in this Doctor Strange comic? And like this, this feels kind of like in the same vein, like Hard's doing this instead of like the good stuff. I, I think it can really... be cool when you're trying to do like a critique, like when you're throwing jabs out there about how our world operates. Like I, I appreciate that. I, I yeah, think I, I think it it would be, be better if it wasn't so common in comics because comics are so real world most of the time and it's so rarely out there. At least back in this era, that mm-hmm. if if I didn't mean if I see, if I, I, I feel like that's really surprising because I feel like a lot of the plots are always like some kind of 
alien or some kind of like more grand maybe it's just a lot of the stuff we've been reading but i don't feel like a lot of the the plots typically revolve around like government intervention kind of a thing at least of, at least of marvel a lot of them uh usually involve uh like local uh news report act news reporters hating the person uh the avengers they... spend like years with like tied up with the un's bureaucracy like it is yeah. a it See, is a common thing. You say that, then I, I'm like, ooh, I better read some Avengers. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it works for like some characters like Spider-Man, but it feels like they're, they're applying it to too many characters. It kind of feels like the thinking. Marvel Studios effect where if you apply the same formula to many characters, yeah. it starts feeling the same. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not... Like, it might seem interesting to see that formula applied to Avengers and Doctor Strange, but if you see every character going through a bad reporter of a government... Yeah, I feel like yeah. bad reporters are super typical in comic yeah. books kind of a thing. No, but the thing is, I think this, like, like I was going to bring up Spider-Man as the example, too, that I think it works for more because it's, like, it's also, a, like, a power scale thing and, like, a location yeah. thing. Like, yeah, so he's from Queens and his powers are pretty strong, but, like, like Doctor Thor. Strange exists in other dimensions yeah. and stuff and, like, uh, you know, the Green Lanterns fly around to different galaxies, so they shouldn't care about being sued in America when they, they go to different universes. Yeah. Yeah. This touches a lot. I'll give this book credit because it touches a lot on this stuff. But I feel like it could have got more. Maybe the rest of the run because Ryan read and he said this is like I the most. I don't remember the rest of the run because it hasn't been collected yet and I haven't read it in years. But okay. but he said oh, this is the most down to earth one out of all of them. Yeah, this is probably the most like grounded Green Lantern run at least up to this point certainly. Okay. Okay. And, what happens yeah. in this comic? Okay. So now. <laughs> My favorite Green Lantern shows up, Guy Gardner. Ugh. Super piece of shit meathead he Guy Gardner. He is so bad in this arc that we read. He literally I, is I will damage. say, uh, Ryan, <laughs> this is the first time I, I finally agree with you that Greg Gardner is one of the best Green Lanterns. Uh, yes! This book has split me. So, Guy really? Okay, yes. so here's here's what happens. So they, they recap Guy's origin. So I'll get to the real quick. Basically what he does is he shows up. He's like, I just got a Green Lantern ring. The Guardians gave me one during Christ on Infinite Earths. I want to be the head Green Lantern because I'm a big, super meathead, strong guy. You guys have to run this obstacle course. And he makes like a jungle gym. <laughs> and then he just like crushes them in it. So they go to beat him up and he just runs away. So they're all looking for him. And at this but point... But they have a great line where uh, how they're like, oh, why did he run? And Hal says, oh, Guy Gardner's brain damage. He's not stupid. I'm yeah. Like, so I'm going to get to the history of Guy Gardner in a second. So oh, Guy gets God. away. They all go <laughs> looking for him. And then Guy and Hal's ex-girlfriend, Carrie Limbo, who Guy calls Carrie Bimbo, shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, speaks to the quality of Guy Gardner as and a person. Now, I want yeah, to just exactly. have a disclaimer. No. Guy Gardner is my favorite Green Lantern. I am not saying he's the most just or, like, <laughs> lawful good Green Lantern. No, when that I say belongs best, to Parallax. <laughs> yeah, when I say best, I don't mean he's, like, the one I look up to. He's the one I most enjoy reading. So, yeah, Carrie so Limbo recaps sure. Guy's origin. So, basically, he was Hal's, like, backup. So, we talked about way back when how... Guy, Guy Gardner was put in a coma, and John Stewart became the backup when we did the like social issues episode like a year and a half ago. That's and the Jesse so, W issues episode. So what happened was when Guy got out of the hospital, he tried to use a Green Lantern that somehow Sinestro was in it. I don't know. It blew up in his face <laughs> and it put him in a coma. And before this coma, he was just like a regular, boring, <laughs> Superman type character. And then he comes out of the coma and he has serious brain damage that makes him an asshole. <laughs> That's a thing, you know, yeah. like, oh, you yeah, actually yeah, yeah. can get, you know, it's one of those things that always freaks me out that like any head trauma can change your personality forever. Yes. That scared me so much. I, I, I want to watch that. That scared me much, so much too, Phil. Like, there, the there was the that, article that written by the people that, um, the same brain tumor that John McCain has that another guy had. 
and it had turned him like his wife wrote about it, it turned him into such a massive like asshole and right about and, the same time a couple like a year or two after this story batman punches guy garter in the face so hard that it turns him into like a silver age like campy g whiz guy what? and yeah it's it's great it's really great yeah he, he knocks him out and like even bring him again like yeah his poor brain man so that that shows also what batman probably does to everyone he fights <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that is true see like we're touching all these issues because like when we talk about like brain damage affecting the mind, that always gets into my question of how, what, what is self? Like yeah. you're just your brain, aren't you? Like oh, your brain responding to your, your surroundings. So if your brain's fucked up, what becomes to you? And now we're touching on like what Batman does to <laughs> criminals, and now he's permanently changing their personality to be even worse. And we don't yeah, know. he like, made the Joker. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. makes them by beating yeah. them senseless until they get brain damage. But so I don't want to super stigmatize brain damage any more than we already have. Mm-hmm. But. In the, the way it's handled here is Hal says, like, he may be brain damaged, but he's not stupid, which is such a weird thing to say. Yeah. Yes, that's why I put it out. This, at this point, guys, Englehart is the one who comes up with this personality for Guy, and this is the personality still to this day, where he is a super right-wing, like, Reaganite. I would like, say he's, like, way more libertarian. He's just like, I just want my freedoms. That's all yeah, I care yeah, about. Yeah. Don't try and pin me down. <laughs> I'll be honest. I actually did like him in the story, too. Oh, I my want to God. Say it. But it was when he's, it's when he's like, fuck communism. <laughs> yeah, but here's, here's where I disagree with Ryan, because this is not really the personality he has today. Because he got more nuanced. They've softened on. it. But yeah, he he's him still, like, this kind of jock. I mean, he's a gym teacher. Like that's but, but, <laughs> but here, he's more like... Uh, I don't want to see Mark Millar character. More like, I don't know, Garth Ennis, Mark Millar. Like, an over-the-top, like, stereotype of a personality where you... And just yeah. him, like, running through all these characters and being an asshole. And it's entertaining to read. Yeah, he, they, they've given more, him more nuance, but it's not like he's not this guy anymore. He's still, like, brash and obnoxious and, like, you know... But, yes, they have softened him. It's more like the generic type of rash and obnoxious. Like the type of character you have in every team, like... Yeah. Raphael, Ninja Turtles, and stuff like that, where they're nuanced characters, but they're assholes sometimes. Here, Guy Gardner's just a plain old dick. There's nothing like him about him at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but he loves America so much. So, they, so, Carrie Limbo is a, she's a psychic. She sees that Guy is in Arizona, and he's getting attacked by Guardy of the Universe, who are their guard. They're, like, their bosses, but not anymore. And he's trying to take Guy's ring away. So they all show up, and Hal basically appeals to them and saying, well, the Guardians gave Guy this ring. We think he can still be a hero. He may be a jerk, but we'll watch over him, and he can. we think he can be better. I want to point out this one line that speaks to, again, Englehart's writing, which is what we enjoy about a lot of this. As they're fighting, Guy says to them, Honor Guard, Stormtroopers, and one of them says back to him, the last refuge of evil is the attribution of its own worst qualities to its enemy. Which I think we see a lot of nowadays. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Kilowog is the only one that stands up and he says, no, like, this guy's, like, the worst. He should... He's a poozer, as Kilowog always says. <laughs> yeah, that's Kilowog's line. And, he, and, like, Kilowog, who's currently disenfranchised with American society, is like, why would you give this guy, like, the most powerful weapon in existence? Mm-hmm. But then they vote on it, and they're all like, no, we'll leave the ring to Guy. So... Because the ring, uh, po- they believe the ring chose Guy for a reason, because, you know, the ring's the sex of your worthy and like so they, the ring has, yeah. has to, they have to they trust the rings and Kilowog's like no this is stupid mm-hmm. yeah and then so back at headquarters Kilowog's like like uh, like limping around like all sad and a Soviet spy approaches him and he's like <laughs> if you're sick of the way things are here you should come back with me to the Soviet Union where things are much better oh and I want to point out this is 86 I think it's either yeah. 86 or 87 it's, it's the Soviet Union is still it's still Cold War and the last issue, the last panel is a Russian text, and translated it says, 
that's uh, next Red Lantern for all you capitalist types. <laughs> so the next issue opens up with a great cover art, honestly. It looks like a Soviet-era propaganda poster of Kilowog <laughs> bringing, like, holding a comrade, bringing him forward, and holding up of, uh, the Soviet flag. It's really well done, by the way. It, looks, it really captures yeah. that style, like this, even the sketchiness of it. Like, when you guys were praising like... the art before, I was like, it, it just, this whole arc, arc to me seemed kind of like whatever, like, a random, like regular comic stuff. Mm-hmm. But this cover I really enjoyed. Uh, it is it is it is very typical comics, but I think it's re- really well done. I think yeah, uh, that's that's fun. It just didn't like stand out to me. For all like the the real like comic nerds, like it's to me it's like a softer John Byrne kind of style that yeah, yeah, I that's... really really like. Yeah, so it's a softer John Byrne thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I know that fucking is fucking guy. <laughs> yeah, like, it looks like comics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, it feels it feels kind of like Kilowog. <laughs> it's too complicated. It looks like Poozer art. <laughs> <laughs> Hal in the last issue too by the way was, I thought it was so fucking rude he's like don't worry Kilowog's a simple mind he won't be mad for long I'm like wow what a fucking dismissive asshole <laughs> yeah like like Kilowog's like a fucking uh, trained Green Lantern he trained uh, Hal Jordan from it remember that was retcon, was retcon? yeah cause, cause Hal actually says well he's flying with Kilowog I don't know a lot about you uh, okay, so that makes more sense. But like, so it, it, he's what a fucking dick. Like, he it's yeah. really oh, rude. Yeah. Uh, like, whatever. Which is anyway. why the parallax twist later on is actually kind of neat. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know already that he's like banging twelve year olds and insulting all the other Green Lanterns. <laughs> so, yeah, he's always so. a bad person all along. That's, <laughs> yep. that's anyway, uh, so this issue opens up in the wonderful Soviet Union, um, mm-hmm. where they're doing human experiments on people. And they're, they're basically accelerating their evolution, and uh, this is for the Rocket Red program. Yeah, so they're trying to make a Rocket Red, which is like uh, they're trying to make like basically Soviet superheroes to to compete with American superheroes because, uh, like, must be obvious from reading you know comics, they're all always from America and usually from all like New York. <laughs> also, like mutually assured destruction was the policy of both countries for that this whole time. Like, mm-hmm. if America did have superheroes, sure as fuck, Russia would be doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this makes perfect sense. Uh, in fact, uh, I wish there were more of this at the time. And yeah. like, there's more of this now, but back then it was still mostly all Americans, and this is like the first time touching an idea that other countries like. At this time, everyone, like, if superheroes existed, like, even, like, a day later, China and Russia, everyone would be making their own superheroes. You would have everyone making alliances against America, because they look at what America has, like, they have Superman, like, even Europe would be like, oh, this is a little... Because that means whatever American policy decides, it's like, well, who's going to stop us, like, if we want to invade this country? That's kind of what, that's kind of what watching is. Yeah, exactly. That's a good, that's a perfect... Yeah, uh, I thought you were going to say, like, that's kind of like nowadays. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah, we have Superman, (laughs) Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I think in reality, if, if if we're making this like real politics, I think in reality the the gov- American government would be like, we have to like kill Superman because he's too strong and could mm-hmm. take over. Oh yeah. Well, well, Superman will be dead next day, but like people like um, <laughs> the lower power scale, like maybe like Cyborg and Aquaman, yeah. they'll be they'll be militarized. Yeah, for sure. Are you calling Aquaman low power scale? <laughs> uh, compared to Superman, yes, of course. <laughs> Do you want to have this fight? Because I actually don't care. Yes. I, I don't like Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay, so let's move on. I just wanted to get Aquaman fans mad. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, they're trying to make Rocket Red, but they keep failing because every time they go to infuse evolution into this guy or whatever they say, <laughs> he fucking dies and then they have to try again. So in the meantime, uh, Kilowog and the Soviet Spire are just floating around on this green raft and he's trying to basically convince him uh, that communism rules. So he's like, yeah, you know, in in America, you know, the world's broken up into two camps. And in, you know, in the West, you've seen, you know, greed and best, you know, um, self-interest. May the best man win. Yeah, self-interest. So we have this poverty and money is all that matters. Okay, there's a line in here that's so good where 
Kilowog is like, well, I wanted to talk about this reporter because she's like just lying about us, but they were, she was going to sue me. And the guy says, right, truth isn't worth money, so it's valueless in the West. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, I think the communists are right in this story. Yeah, except, except in the in Soviet Union, she would have been killed instead yeah, yeah, of yeah. You know, yeah, suing. Yeah, the, the thing, that's, that's uh, like, that, uh, the whole uh, thing here is, which is kind of like my thoughts on the Soviet Union, ironically, uh, or appropriately, I don't know, what the fuck. Uh, but... Because, like, all the stuff about the Soviet Union are all great. Like, oh, everyone's equal. Like, just because you're not the best, you don't have to starve to death. Everyone's equal. There's, uh, we, we're all we're all taken care of. We're all working together to build this kind And so it all sounds nice. But in reality, the uh, Soviet Union is a fucking dictatorship where they kill uh, dissidents and shit like well, that. Well, that's why yeah. I feel like this, this, like, Engelhardt actually... This is the first time in comics I ever saw the communists not just be the bad guys. Yeah, just yeah. 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 He, he literally, yeah. on this raft... With this giant pig bull man, he actually gives a good, like, talk about what communism is compared to the West. And, like, yeah. it, it is actually convincing to Kilowog because it's convincing to the reader. Yeah, yeah. it's all the ideal stuff. Like, it, 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 ideologically speaking, what uh, what is appealing about communism? Yeah. It's like, yeah. From, it's... From, like, the guy even says, uh, we say, from each according to his ability to each according to his need. Yep, quoting Marx. And, and and then he gives his bullshit of there's no poverty in our lands or inequality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect but, like, but I feel like it's it's so much more nuanced than I think I've ever seen in comic books about communism versus capitalism. Yeah, because yeah. usually it'd be like a shady guy with a big mustache. It's like, do you want to like bomb yeah. <laughs> America? Comrade? It's probably more nuanced than you'll see in any media, really. Like, yeah. very very few like any media sources uh, outside of like actual like literature literary scholarships doing analysis on this stuff will actually ever like try to give the argument for communism i think yeah. it's because when you like when you go to do that in media it's like you you can talk you're about a the ideology. Spy. You're, you're a commie spy we're gonna kill you <laughs> yeah well no yeah. it's like it, it's you can talk ideology all you want but when it comes down to actually portraying and showing in, in a movie or film or something it's like it's never going to be th- what this guy's saying you know what i mean yeah yeah so he he convinces kilowog that you know your opinions were discarded because they took a democratic vote, uh, fucking democracy. And <laughs> democracy is shit, he said. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. And he's like, you're right. Like, Guy Gardner's terrible. I want to go see your your camp. We talk about culture a few times in like the other podcasts with like, politics. And this makes a lot of sense because we talk about how culture affects how your perception of what's important is. And like, we grew up in America, so we think freedom is important and democracy is important. But Kilowog grew up with the Green Lantern Corps and they had... Uh, basically, those blue little men being dictators for everyone. Kilowog's like that worked. Like, if everyone voted on everything, like we'll have this fucking ass like like how Jordan Guy Gardner voting everything and voting that we should molest little girls and shit. But like <laughs> the blue guardians made the, we made the right choices because they're they're our elites. They're the better people. They know what yeah, doing actually, that that was the more convincing argument to me than the communist guy on the raft because I'm like, it, he he portrays like an actual like convincing, a somewhat convincing argument that you know sometimes uh, having these like philosopher king types in charge and for people like Kilowog who are more as he even says is like I'm not the brightest you know guy he's very simple as how Jordan will call him yeah like yeah. should he get as much say as you know everyone else and for me I'm like yes that he should but I can understand that there's an argument to be made that he, like, he kind of just wants to go out and do the work that's his big yeah. thing it's just like I, w- I want to trust someone smarter than me to be in charge and i'll just do the just like the work. soviet union the, the let the party decide and we mm-hmm. just do it yeah it's appeal to that for sure yeah so he 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 goes to the soviet union and he gets to meet 
uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, the <laughs> party secretary, a.k.a. essentially like the president. But even when he meets Gorbachev, he does point out like the hypocrisy in the system where he's like, but I don't understand. You said he, you had superiors, but you also said everyone is equal. How does that work? Yeah. And they just brush off the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, like Ryan said, like he he pokes a lot of holes in the in the the communist ideology versus the reality while while just like innocently asking these questions. But they're always yeah, like, yeah. oh no, no, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. He basically uh, says uh, that uh, everyone has to defer someone who knows better. And like he says, like, oh, I have to defer to you, Green Lantern, on space matters because you you know more about space than I do. So like the people come to me because I know more about Russia than they do. So I'm going to be national leader. And come on, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Kilowog shoves his head in the toilet. <laughs> and drinks yeah, from it. <laughs> that was very yeah. funny. So his, I, what they want him for is to help with the Rocket Red project. So he goes to the lab and he's like, oh, people have been dying with this, right? I'll, let me give it a shot. Because apparently he was a genetic like scientist. Yeah, that right? was yeah. like a... Okay. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that really blows off how Jordan's fucking uh, Excuse point me, is. look at Ben Carson. You could be a great doctor <laughs> and still be a fucking yes, moron. Yes, but, but like no one's gonna no one's gonna be like on me and uh, be like, I'm your friend, you're a fucking idiot, you fucking genetic scientist piece of shit. Like <laughs> Are we sure Trump hasn't said that to Carson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 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 Uh, maybe Kilowog is the Ben Carson of the Green Lanterns. <laughs> but uh, even like I don't know, like it it just calling your friend like a he's not even his friend, he barely knows him. Calling him simple. Maybe he so meant it in mean. like an endearing term. Like he's like, oh, what a simple. I don't guy. think they really like Hal's never talked to him about this kind of thing. I think Hal makes the judgment that oh, oh he's yeah. just an idiot. Mm, Nobody asks him about his skills until he gets to Gorbachev, and Gorbachev is like, well, you have this ring that does magic. Can you help us? And he's like, oh, I also have skills. And they're like, oh, great. From each Great. according to their ability. You see, this is why communism more efficiently uses resources than capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> well, they, 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 no, because Kilowog would have just set up his own genetic shop in America. And but maybe he doesn't. Know, maybe he doesn't have the business foresight to do it. Oh, shit. Yeah. He, he has mm-hmm. skills because he's a simple right. guy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there's one little aside here. We have this is where the chip uh, meeting his like uh, like African chipmunk shaman <laughs> thing comes up. I don't believe he's reformed. It's just it's just so weird because they want you to care about it. Anyway, he gets the Rocket Red um, program working, and they look pretty cool, actually. They Rocket look like, very cool c- like communists, power suit guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they have, you know, the the red red and white color scheme, the hammer and sickle on their chest. Some nice Saiyan shoulder pads. Yeah. And we also I, should mention that the first Rocket Red, like one of the few, uh, the first one that they experiment on, he basically becomes like Kilowog's friends during this time. Yes. You know, so. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. And so the Green Lanterns are looking for Kilowog where he went and he, they saw his battery flying to Russia. And so they go to follow it, but the Soviets see, you know, uh, Green Lanterns flying in. They're like, I don't know what that is. Go intercept with our new, you know, Rocket Red. They end up fighting him. And Kilowog steps in actually on the side of Rocket Red, saying, "Hey, you know, Russia's pretty cool." Meanwhile, you're all you rest of you are posers, so fuck off. Yeah, posers. Posers, sorry, posers. He's not uh, holding Caulfield. He's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically it. They fight, and Cat and John Stewart are like, "Hey, maybe we should go check out this Russia thing," because he tries to convince them, like, "Hey, you know, in this place, everyone's equal." And I love the idea that John Stewart, who when we talked about in the other episode, he was all like. The American system is fucked up and it like it's super racist and keeps the black man down. Yeah. And like now he's like, well, let's see the other way. Yeah. Which which was always one of the Soviet propaganda tools was always like, yeah. whenever they got criticized, they're like, but you guys have the KKK. So well, how about that? I mean, I mean, it's still still a tool. <laughs> that's actually yeah. the thing I, I find disappointing because uh, it's Kat that wants to go and John wants to be with Kat. But John does talk about this later. 
A little bit, but he but very briefly, like basically, he says like, "Yeah, America sucks," but this is even worse. Like, I don't think they did enough of that idea that John really hates America, and this is worse. Like, well, he doesn't like really line. hate America. Yeah, yeah. No, but like, he hates he's, America. The racism inherent. He's in disillusioned like, with he, it. Yeah, he yeah. he sees the evils of America, and he's like, even knowing that, what I see here is yeah. worse than that. But it's one line. Like, I think they could have done a lot more. With yeah, that. that's true. That's true. Like, it's I wanted to point out how neat it was when they come and they start fighting the Rocket Red guy that all of the Green Lanterns are beating him up and Kilowog comes in and he basically like yells at them for doing that. That was six Green Lanterns beaten up on one poos. And he says <laughs> yeah. that they started the fight in Russian airspace because he was just defending his thing. Like there's even like nuance to the scuffle of like just uh, yeah. them fighting yeah. in the air. Which it, which is like of, like what a yeah what would a country do when superheroes fly into the airspace right? Yeah, so yeah. Try to defend yeah. it. Especially since it's not really American superheroes there. It's technically space superheroes only. But they live American. in America and meet with the president all the time. Right now, maybe not. So the next episode picks up with them meeting with the president of America. Yes. And they talk to Reagan, and he he basically tells him that like they're they have like some anti superhero order that throughout the land that seems like it ties it, into this book, this story yep. called Legends. You know, yeah, to worry about it. and that's that's actually why they meet him because in the last issue, while Kilowog is doing his stuff, uh, they were, they found that they were outlawed in America, and they're saying maybe we should go to another country instead of America. But now they, they go to Reagan to clear up the matter and live in America still. Yep, and Reagan even asked him about Kilowog, and he's like, what are you going to do about this other, this team member that's over there? And then Hal's like, well, we're the Lantern Corps, you know, we're supposed to protect all of Earth, it doesn't matter where we are. I like that that he has Reagan constantly pushing them, being like, well, you know, what if he attacks the country? Like, what are you guys going to do? Like, are you going to protect us, huh? Are you going to, like, help America? I mean, you have to be shitting your pants if you're the president. And no, like I know, that, but that's what I like, like is that they, may, they have yeah. Reagan pressuring him, being like, you guys need to protect America, even when a Green Lantern's a communist. Yeah. Especially when you have a chipmunk saying, you know, those are some space. God. Earth politics are so stupid. God. And also, by the way, sure. uh, Hal's, go- Hal's girlfriend is like, no, we should, like, Hal's confused. Like, I don't know, we're not technically American. No one else wants to side with this. Mm-hmm. But Hal's girlfriend's like, no, we should become American soldiers. Like, Hal, you talk about America being so great. Free of democracy. We're going to be Americans now. And everyone's like, we should vote on this. This is stupid. Like, I, I thought she wanted to leave. She's like, before when the superhero order was on that there could be no superhero. She's like, why don't we just leave America if they don't want us here? Well, she kind of, she says it almost in like a sarcastic, threatening way where she's like, well, you better hope we're happy enough living in America to want to stop the Russians, Mr. President. But she President. says about her, like, hearing how great America was from Yeah, hell. she's 12. She fluctuates the whole time. <laughs> okay, but so I do, sense. The thing that I really like about Reagan here is how, well, the way that Reagan is written, not the thing that I really like about Reagan, is that... Reagan's a great president. We love him. Uh, yeah, they still have his kind of, like... Where he's still, like, you can tell he's a very, like, traditional Republican that keeps just saying things to, like, appease them. Where he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about the outlaw thing. I've always supported men who fought for the country. Oh, and, uh, and, and women. And, and also aliens, as long as they have their green cards, right? <laughs> like, he keeps putting in these little, like, I do think men are better. And also American citizens are better than immigrants. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm pretending that it's fine. Yeah, it's a good way, like, if you're a liberal writer to try and be fair, but at least throw in those little jabs. Being like, of course, you'd say yeah. men first. And then uh, while this is happening, Kilowog meets with Gorbachev and uh, John Stewart and Katma. They point out that they made like seven other red rockets around. This is when John starts calling out Gorbachev for uh, being a hypocrite, saying, "Oh, oh, you, you, you uh, America is because Gorbachev's like, oh, America is expansionist power. It's bad." And he's like, "Oh yeah, we're expansionists. How about you in Afghanistan?" Yeah. And he says, "Oh, we are invited to aid friendly government. <laughs> he's like a government that people don't support. You piece of shit." And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, "What about this guy that you've in, you've internally exiled?" And he's like, "Well, 
you know, he knew too much about our nuclear program. We couldn't have let him fall into the hands of the enemies. And they keep, he keeps like arguing in a way that he's like, see, Kilowog, we're totally open and transparent about everything. And then he, and also lots of deflection too. He's like, yeah, well, how about Nicaragua though? How about that? Yeah. yeah. A lot of what about is him, if you might say. Which, which is so cool that he's actually bringing up, like, again, Engelhard's bringing up these things where he's, it's not just, like, John Stewart laying into Gorbachev. It's, like, Gorbachev's yeah. also deflecting to, like, American imperialist policies, where he's like, look at the evils yeah. of America. And then you have Kilowog, poor Kilowog in the middle being like, oh, he's just, like, he grew up with too much capitalist propaganda there. Like, he'll change <laughs> over time, Gorbachev. I think by the end, Gorbachev is, like, clearly a villain, though. Like, But, but I feel like he's, he still makes like good good points where he's, he's saying all these things to john and john says in return i don't agree with everything they're doing he's not he's not black and white he's not black and white but by the end of the conversation after he yells with john uh he turns to like his advisor and says yeah kill john that's so, like, that's where it plays that's in well kind of what they did though yeah the KG i know i know I, I agree but like if you're talking about being nuanced like that kind of tosses out any idea of this being a nuanced conversation no the conversation is more yeah you can have any conversation where two people argue a point and if one person after that says you should kill that person it kind of becomes like no it wasn't nuanced at all yeah. but like we shouldn't soften the soviet union when they did this <laughs> yeah. thing no, I, i'm not saying that at all but i'm just saying if you because we're i don't want to paint to our readers listeners that well this is a nuanced conversation because this is just a, a bait and switch red herring to set up no Gorbachev is actually a bad guy. No, I don't think that's the case at all. Immediately after he says we should kill Jon Stewart, I think yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I'm not saying, I don't think it's a bait and switch. I think Engelhardt is making a concerted effort to, even though Gorbachev is the villain here, mm-hmm. he is also pointing out that America is not the hero. Yeah. I, I disagree. I think, because like most, uh, Jon Stewart has most of more of the upper hand in this competition than Gorbachev does. Like, if you really, only the first issue really paints uh, Russia as really great, and it's because there's no counter for here. But the, no, but the last argument, the last point made in the argument is about Nicaragua, mm-hmm. and he says, "What about your government overthrow Nicaragua? And what about the American government's growing intrusions into citizens' private lives?" Mm-hmm. And this is in the '80s. This is before like the Patriot Act. Yeah, and then that's what I said. Then John says, "I don't agree with what they're doing. Everything the government does." And then Gorbachev says, "No, you don't, and you don't agree with everything we're doing. So what's the difference?" And then he tells him to stay in here a bit longer. We're proud people, but we're. Still like people after all like you'll you'll see around to it i don't know this feels more like a what about is where he's just like what about this what about this america no it, like, yeah oh. it is it is and which i is. which i think is again true to nature <laughs> like maybe yeah. why i'm saying nuance i'm saying that it's it's very it's it's like nuance for what it is it's not like two even ideologies combating each other it's like he actually looked into both what america does and what russia does and he took them very yeah. seriously in the portrayals I agree with that. And then when and then when John Stewart's talking to Kilowog right after, he well, John Stewart calls him a big gorilla. It's like okay, God, everyone's so fucking terrible. Yeah, <laughs> no wonder he's a fucking commie. Yeah, but he's like they're lying to you. This isn't a workers' paradise. They're not peace-loving brothers set upon by nasty capitalists. And Kilowog's like, yeah. Well, what about the bad stuff in America? Isn't that like really bad stuff? And he's like, yeah, it's bad. And this time he calls him Green Lantern instead of Big Gorilla. <laughs> he says, and right now for folks like me, it's about as bad as I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. But it's never been as bad there as. It's always been here. And this reminds me so much of the arguments that the four of us have all the time, where Phil's like... That America's that America's yes. tr- uh, evils can ever match up to like the yes. Soviet Union's or communist China. And just like Sly, Kilowog says, bad by your way of thinking, but I like socialism. And then he hits, <laughs> and he hits John Stewart. Okay, fuck off. I never fucking... Fuck you. No, I no. Never, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, you fucking yeah. apologist. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna become Guy Gardner to and fight Sly as Kilowog. <laughs> if Engelhart wanted to just do what about him, I don't think he would bring up such egregious errors as like Nicaragua. Yeah, and, I, I, like, I want I want to like clarify my disagreement. My disagreement is 
I agree with Daryl. Daryl's point the most that he said this shows that uh, Engelhart read both sides and he's trying yeah. to show the other sides as an actual side. But I'm trying to, for our listeners, to not make it seem like this is both sides or just as bad. I think this yeah, book yeah, only yeah, Oh, yeah. Nuance against... doesn't mean both sides are just as bad, though. Yeah. It means that it's it's providing genuine depth. The point is, Engelhart presents it, but at the end of uh, the Khrushchev wanting to kill John with the big dumb poozer, Kilowog, being the main supporter. And uh, it is most, mostly being what about them in the argument. I think the ultimate point is that you're supposed to side with America on this issue. Yes, yeah, 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 I agree. In my view of history, even though I think America did a lot of bad shit, I also view Russia as the bad guys. So. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to actually portray what's on the page. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Readers, readers don't misunderstand what we're but, saying. But I mean, well. I think that this is some of the most nuanced political debate I've seen in a comic. In a comic, even yeah, now. I agree. I agree. Like, I even agree in that. modern times, let I alone agree. in 1988. Yeah, when the Soviet Union was still standing, when you didn't have like. Yeah. When it was an actual boogeyman. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying that. I'm not, again, I'm not saying this to insult Engelhart's writing. Right? I'm just yeah. uh, just to clarify what's on the page. Yep. No, I think that's it, that's very fair. So uh, we're gonna flush everything down the toilet because Hal goes back home and Guy Gardner's hanging out on a Green Lantern cushion that he made himself or a mattress. <laughs> and then he's just he's a, he's such an asshole because he immediately yeah. just starts hitting on Guy's underage girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was really funny, honestly. It is very really fucking hard. <laughs> and like, he he's... even says, you've changed since the first time I saw you, and all for the better, believe me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Baby, I think I'm in love. <laughs> yeah. And he, this is where he calls Carrie Limbo Carrie Bimbo. <laughs> yeah. But at least Guy is like the bad guy here, because yeah. he's not really doing anything that Hal isn't also doing. He's just like, but he's the bad guy. Hal's our hero. It's, that's, it's and... also funny that... Like he he's such a shithead, and at the same time he's like he's so corny. Like he says, "Oh yeah. brother," talking about the situation. Goes, "What a can of corn." I think it's pretty accurate to conservatives. Like conservatives, they, talk, they like they hate cursing sometimes. Oh, that's true. Joke. They are pretty corny. I, I think it's very accurate to like a Reagan night. Yeah, but I, I, I remember uh, Ryan said that uh, when in seventies, Guy Gardner was like a cliche seventies hero. He maybe popped up in like three or four issues. Like it, he yeah. would literally just pop up just to get more put in a coma. Yeah, I, I've read. I've only, read a, I've only saw a few, few times. He looks exactly like Guy, um, like Hal in those old issues. Like he has the same costume. Yeah. So I find I, like now I'm like kind of like seeing this as a parody of of Hal like he was like Hal's clone now he's like Hal's parody where he's like up front the fact that he's a pedophile like yeah and this is when Guy has like I think a really cool costume where it's like a Green Lantern costume but it's like a leather jacket kinda yeah because he's like a greaser yeah (laughs) also this scene is what solidifies again Salak being my favorite character because it talks the narrative boxes say it's only one incident really like Guy fighting with Hal and the rest of them it's only one incident really one small situation where things seem out of control and yet all at once, Salak feels the entire planet is like this now. That the Earth, like the core, is spinning towards fragmentation and disaster. And even while the cynic in him nods with the satisfaction of a worldview confirmed, the Green Lantern in him shudders. That's maybe the best line in the whole book. Yeah, when you see shitty things happen, you're like, I knew, I knew this would happen. I like, I of course I knew it. Like, it, that doesn't make it better. But you love. Being affirmed when things go wrong when you're a yeah. cynic. Yeah, told you so. <laughs> and one thing I want to point out about Salak is he goes on to become like the like bureaucratic record keeper for the core. So his like cynicism, but like maybe things could be better, kind of like you know, like push and like always nagging everyone that they're all pieces of shit is still a thing now, and it's the best. Salak is awesome. Yeah. Although, again, I want him to stay more alien than human because I like him being so weird and nudely looking. He's still pretty weird. (laughs) So then it cuts back to Russia, and this is when John and Katma get ambushed by the Rocket Red 7. 
and they basically have a big long extended fight where they eventually defeat them and they knock them out and they're unable to kill them the rocket reds defeat the uh the, yes uh, yeah john yeah. and cat yep. they, they lose and they're unable to kill them right now because they're the the rings keep them like alive as long as they're powered. No, I think I think I think they probably have a. I interpret it as they have a force field around them that they can't pierce until the rings. Deactivate. Well, that's that's always been a thing that the rings have like this reserve power that protects you, so you can't be killed while you're wearing the ring until the charge runs out. It's like a fail safe kind of thing. You, they should really get better batteries then. For 24 hours, isn't very long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is a good point. <laughs> like you think. Yeah. You think they do research into that, but maybe it's maybe the rings are like this is just what we are. Like you can't. It's more. It's more for. It's one of those things. It's more for limitations of the characters like Kryptonite or Spiderman's web shooters running out yeah. pretty quick. It's just a limitation, so they're not immortal forever, and they never have a weakness. And ever. that's also part of when Green Lantern was rebooted in the early, in the late fifties. It was more like that was the sci-fi angle instead of the magic angle it had in the Golden Age. So they wanted it to be like it's powered by these like mad these like you know super scientific <laughs> batteries oh, yeah. and not like before it was literally a magic item. Even though they're shaped like jewelry, still it's scientific. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but it's just—I mean—it came from space aliens. Uh, jewelry from, is like, scientific. Whatever. Sly, look up how diamonds are made, buddy. <laughs> Fucko, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> so then you you poozer, <laughs> yeah, you poozer. The rocket red uh, guys take them off, and they're gonna put a lethal injection into them when the batteries run out. And it cuts back to a guy talking with his girlfriend, and basically his like his like fortune teller girlfriend from like the previous yeah. issue. She comes back to uh, calm down. Guy wants to go beat up some commies. And so his yep. girlfriend's trying to dissuade him. It's like, you're going to attack it, aren't you? Then he says, don't say that. Don't ever try and predict what I'm going to do. And then he pushes her away and says, I was going to attack Russia, but now I'm not. He's Trump. I also, I also like how he calls. He calls, like, he says, I'm going to go fight the commies because I'm going to go to get duel because all the other green are either uh, liberals, uh, commie sympathizers, yeah. or just straight up commies. So, like, I have to be the one to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then he calls her bimbo and flies away and, and <laughs> says, commies, here I come. She tries to to reverse psychology him. It's like, yeah. oh, you're, you're so predictable to fight communists. And he's like, I'm not going to fight communists just because you said I you mm-hmm. thought I was going to. But then he's like, I actually am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said, ha, 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 what a bimbo trying to put one over on old guy Gardner. Commies, here I come. <laughs> Guy's the best. Come on. He's, oh. Yeah, he's the guy that you love to hate. That's like the, the whole thing. It's so no, good. I, no, I, I just love him. There's some of those where I'm like, I'm okay with that. And him, I just do not. Because no, the people you love you to hate, him? you want to get comeuppance. You want to Him see flying them. around, shooting down fighter jets, saying, come on, commies, come and get me. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> do you awesome. know, literally, immediately after this story, he gets put on as the Justice League's Green Lantern? Oh. <laughs> well, they are the Justice League of America, so. So, yeah. so in Russia, uh, Kilowog's looking for where john and the rest of them went and the the communists are trying to like dissuade them and not basically because kilowog's ring can find where they are um they're trying to say it's like you can't go there like there were grounds that kilowog can't go to which uh kilowog finds out that that's where they are because his ring his ring can detect those other green lanterns yeah and he's trying and his friend joseph is like struggling because it's like they could be in danger but i'm trying to like not get Kilowog in trouble because he knows. Yeah, that. I don't want to get. I don't. I don't want to go against my country, so I can't tell Kilowog like help Kilowog like uh, free his friends. But I'm sure the, the leaders have the have the reasons for doing this. Yep, and and then while this is happening, that's when guys attacking a bunch of Russian air fighters, and a uh, guy runs in to tell Gorbachev that they're being attacked, and Gorbachev doesn't know if it's Americans or not because it's just a Green Lantern user. So they're they're both like we have to launch nukes. 
they they increase yeah their alerts to like orange and because they increase their alerts to orange it charges up uh washington to increase their alerts to orange and one of my favorite things is it shows like a bunch of different cuts of people getting the information that the russians are going to launch the nukes and it shows a general yeah. and the general goes at last yeah, that's John Bolton, like almost to a T. Yeah. He's got a big yeah. stupid mustache and everything. And, and meanwhile, uh, while all the nukes are getting launched, while Guy Gardner's fighting all the fucking commies, Kilowatt's coming to fight Guy Gardner. And the last panel is Chip being like, I'm sure glad things are calm now. I think it's time to relax. And he calls Select Picklehead. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love this because, like, it's so quickly showcases how the mutually assured destruction would work because mm. Guy totally on his own escalates it and in one page they go from orange to red to about to launch nuclear weapons yep. this is why yeah. in real life like the civil war event like the people who want to register and control superheroes are right yeah <laughs> you yeah. can't have a fucking guy with a magic ring this that can is do whatever why he wants. i hate guy gardner it's because he's he's so dumb and he has so much power and he uses it so recklessly like always that's why it's hilarious Fly, that's why he's a good you, foil you think yeah. world war three's hilarious sly <laughs> No, but this is what happens when you have weapons yeah. that aren't registered and kept Yeah, and in this check. is why we need to kill Guy Gardner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they should have killed over Guy. Top it is. Like, Guy Gardner is the ultimate, like, meathead, like, idiot. Like, he's, of course he would be the one to trigger this. And, like, every, everyone in the world's going to die because of fucking Guy Gardner. Yeah, and I want hilarious. him to lose his Green Lantern ring for almost triggering. Well, you know what? We made Guy Gardner president in 2016. <laughs> yes. oh, come on, Daryl. Like, you got to get off the program. This yeah, our, our and world. I want him. Well, I can't say that. I want him arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I want his Green Lantern taken away too. Yeah, Fuck I him. want his power. Just put him on an island somewhere. So now, speaking of which, the next issue, I just want to talk about how fucking beautiful the cover is, because it's Guy Gardner standing with his eyes, cr- with uh. his arms crossed. In front of a, a Boy Scout waving an American flag with, like, little kids, a little Jewish boy and a little black girl and a white family waving at him in front of a church <laughs> while a crowd of people cheer. And it says, Green Lantern, making the world safe for democracy. Yeah, it's the, the, the so arc perfect. ends with some good old American propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, well, this is the, yeah, that's, like, the the counter. And keep in mind, Kilowog is our hero of the arc and Guy is the villain of the arc. So I yeah. think Englehart's politics are pretty up close here. And but it's, it's kind of interesting because it kind of flip and change because on the fundamental level, Guy Gardner is like fucking shit up, but like he does do a lot of good things by being reckless because he saves. Yeah, he he ends up saving John and Katma, which is like a that's an interesting like twist to it. And Guy's yeah. the kind of like the kind of person that, in a micro sense, does like when he sees something that's like very objectively wrong. Where like if he sees like somebody getting mugged, he'll save them because he is a hero. I use the term yeah. loosely, but <laughs> yeah. he does the right thing in like a very simple way. But when it's like something macro like geopolitics, he doesn't understand at all, and he's like, "Oh, commies are the bad guys. Let's go." He's kill like George W. Bush. He's like, uh, <laughs> I, "I gotta yeah. go." Yeah, stop right. terrorists. It's because like he thinks like since I know on a small scale, like you said, what is right then i can go and force people to be right and this country is not doing the right thing so i will just do the simple thing of blowing them up it's the same reason why like very traditional conservatives are like well i am like nice to my kids so therefore like racism is not real however they justify their macro shitty beliefs because micro they like donate to charity i also really like that guy keeps calling himself the one true lantern where it's just like the rest of you guys are idiots but like i'm actually a good you know the one true lantern 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the real president. I, I got the five foot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, Trump always says, like, I'm the one guy that can fix everything. Yeah. And at one point, Guy even says, believe me, I know what's right for you. And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> but so, uh, the issue opens up with Kilowog and Guy Garner fighting. Uh, the Red Ro- the Rocket uh, Reds show up uh, and try to back up Kilowog. But Kilowog like, no, no, this is my fight. And one thing I find funny about this, this entire arc is Guy Garner really is the best Green Lantern. He fucking kicks... Most of Green Lantern's asses before he runs away, and now he fucking kicks Kilowog's asses along with the Red uh, Rocket Red's asses. Like he traps him under underground while he goes to fly off to destroy Russia. He's got a lot of will. Capture. He does yeah. have a lot of will, and they, they even say that they're like, "Jesus Christ, he's crushing all of us!" Like in the jungle gym. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, uh, so the, everyone's playing tennis back at the Green Lantern headquarters, and it's like, "Wow, we're glad, we're so sure glad Guy Garner didn't go to fight Russia." And then they get a phone call saying Guy Garner went to go fight Russia, and the house like, "What the fuck?" Uh, and one thing I want to point out, all the art, whenever it cuts back to the Russian or the American government, it's all in, like, bright red, like... the, the Russian, black, a lot of, yeah. a lot of yeah. black and shadows. And so. and it's, like, it's very, like, if you see, like, a war movie when they're, like, in the submarine and everything's all, black, like, red and black, and it, like, it's just a really cool effect. I, I like that they contract. have the, the communists, like shadowed in red and then the americans shadowed in orange where it's both red but the communists oh, are more red that. yeah that's really yeah, cool. they're more red <laughs> so so guy Gardner interrogate like he when he after he beats the uh, rocket reds he interrogates them to find out where cat and uh john are oh and also all of the green lanterns including chip and Salak, in tennis shorts very good mm-hmm. <laughs> also when chip says nuts when he misses a shot <laughs> Fucking well, it's stupid. better than when the communists pick up a phone. They go, oh, Lenin's bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is pretty great. So, uh, guy uh, saves uh, Cat and John, but is still unconscious. So, guys, like, oh, right, now I got to break out of here, fight all the all of Mother Russia. I'll carry two these two unconscious people. This is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Which is why Guy Garner's the best Green Lantern. And he has now. a he has a shit eating grin. <laughs> I, I do I do like how he's beating the shit out of them. No, I I'm still I cannot let you guys get away with this because I feel like <laughs> I feel like we flipped it where it's like. Now everyone else is defending a Malar character, and I'm not. I'm like, you guys, this is a bad no, Because character. he's not the one we're supposed to be rooting for. He's the foil. It's not mean-spirited. But, but Malar's always mean-spirited. Yeah, stuff. like you're saying Nemesis is better than him because Nemesis is, is no, crazier? No, because Guy bad. is like... But Nemesis lives in, a, in an unjust world where you can be like, whatever, this world's terrible. But that's, that makes it better. That makes it, that makes it better, though, because there, there are ways to keep Guy under control. The other Green Lanterns. Nemesis, there's nothing that can keep Nemesis under control. But, it's a mean-spirited comic because Nemesis is, 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 is never able to get his comeuppance. While Guy Gardner, Guy Gardner, Gardner doesn't get his comeuppance in this comic either, though. The only one that really does is Kilowog. He has people that keep up his messes, at least. Yeah, he has at least there's at least some forces in control like this is like if Trump got arrested by not arrested by Mueller but like this is like like everyone else is a John Kelly to Trump yeah Trump sucks but at least it's John Kelly to make him not Star Wars World 3 that's kind of like the best mm. way you can see the world and this comic I guess I when we started the show I dreamed of a day where I could hear Phil and Daryl <laughs> arguing about if Guy Gardner's a good Green Lantern I'm so happy <laughs> come on he says as he's beating them up he's like even wimp lanterns are worth more than commies <laughs> That's awesome! Come on. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, uh, I'm leaving this so, show. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is episode that ends it all. Yeah. Also, great too is when Kilowog's like, "I gotta go talk to Gorbachev because something's wrong." Like he told me everything was gonna be okay, and they're like, "You can't." And he's like, "I'm fucking, I'm a Green Lantern." And then Gorbachev just like launched the missiles. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, oh, he's, uh, he's trying to come in, even though I told him not to. He must be an American spy. Uh, this American is fed up. We're going to kill him. It's because as they saw the Green Lanterns flying towards Russia, they couldn't tell if they were missiles or not because they're just yeah. flying straight at them. So they're like, if like if it's last case scenario, like we have to launch back 
Yeah. And they launched like a million missiles. Yeah. And I, I want to give another shout out to my boy Salak here and that all these missiles are coming up and he goes, there are too many of them. And they're like, we have to do something. We have to stop this because like our mission is to safeguard Earth. And well, Hal Jordan's telling that Salak has his arms crossed because he's like, no way. <laughs> and and then he helps because guess what? He's a good guy. Not like Gar Gardner. <laughs> but, but, but better than that, uh, Hal says, you have to stop it because if we don't, everything's going to be a mushroom shaped cloud. And... Uh, Slack says, you're right, that sounds too beautiful to allow. Yeah, who's the real sociopath, Daryl? Is it, but is he it, helps is it them. Guy, guy would help too. Guy starts this. Guy got these missiles Not on purpose. Launched. Not on purpose. So, but, but, <laughs> he's ignorant enough that he, he, this is, he created too much danger. But even this, Engelhardt has a political angle in the scene because Hal's like, Arisia, help me, we have to put up a shield. And she's like, to block the missiles? And he's like, no, we can get the missiles one by one, but we have to block a shield to block Western surveillance because if America yeah, sees really that like they've that. launched a nuke, they will nuke the hell out of Russia. Yep. And yeah. like, that's so, he's like, we have to stop, our main goal is to stop retaliation, yep. not yeah. the missiles. And like, that's, that's so good. And that's yep, a really, yeah. really good point. Yeah, so uh, Kilowog, cause Kilowog was there when the uh, rocket uh, red spilled the beans about what happened to Kat and John to Guy. So Kilowog now wants to confront Gorbachev, and he's, he's like manhandling Gorbachev, and, and the, the, the the first rocket red, uh, Joseph. Joseph. This is, the by the way, best part of the comic right here. Yes. Yeah, he unhands, like, unhand dear leader, and he goes to start fighting Kilowog, and, Kil- and basically it's this uh, brawl where Kilowog's uh, being the shit of, of Yosef. And he keeps saying, like, stop, stop, this isn't right. And they both keep, like, struggling, because Joseph's like, I'm a Russian, I can't desert the motherland. And they're, like, actually having a, like, crisis of conscience for both of them. Yeah, yeah. and he, he even tries, the Joseph even talks to Gorbachev, and he's like, he's a good guy, Kilowog. And he's like, we're at war, it, you have to fight him. They're, they're fighting, and Kilowog keeps be- begging uh, Yosef to stop fighting him, and... Like he, like he also like loses loses his helmet and like he's getting the ship out of his bleeding and he's like please stop fighting and he's like no I'm a Russian I will not desert the motherland never and finally Kilowog takes him down and I, I was he just taken out or he's is dead. He... oh he's fucking dead oh yeah, yeah he's, he's fucking dead. dead yeah I think it's because his helmet comes off and then Kilowog like slams his head into the concrete yeah so I, I don't know uh, I'm assuming Ryan knows better than me. The Rocket Red in the Justice League later on, that's a different one, right? Yes, so. he dies here. He this character's only in three issues. This this just this whole fight was just really like sad to me. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. whole time they're struggling and you know, yeah. Yeah, so this is and this is why guy's the best, because he punctuates a sad moment where uh. Killlock's standing over his dead friend's body. Well, not only that, but all of them do, because we have a the top of the panel, it's a full page, like not a full page spread, but it's a full page width. And it's yeah. that's when he throws his head into the concrete, and there's a totally white background, and mm-hmm. it's like really powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah as, and, and as soon as that happens, immediately after, guy comes up and says, "Way to go, Lantern! I guess I made you see the light about these commies." So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "You should have seen what I had to do to get to John and Katma." And Hal's like, "There's nothing that it couldn't have been as worse as what we did keeping World War Three." And they're all just like, "We're superheroes. Mission successful. No problems." Yeah, and Kilowog's the whole time ignoring them, going over to Joseph's body and leaning he's over. Crying he's crying over his corpse. That's how it he's ends. He's crying over his dead body. Yeah. 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 And, and last line is, and last line is, uh, Hal saying, there's one quote that can't be repeated too often. War is hell. <laughs> next. Party time. <laughs> and you know, and I, re- yeah. I read the next issue because I was like, what the heck? Where does it go from here? And it's that Guy Gardner gets them all drunk, like, (laughs) because they're celebrating New Year's. And then Kilowog starts punching himself in the head because his friend is dead. Oh, and then Guy, oh, what a piece of shit Guy Gardner is. (laughs) And that's why he's the best. All right, so, uh, question of the day. Would you be more of this? I mean, everybody knows where I stand. I love Ankle Hearts. Well, I did, so I guess that's (laughs) the answer. 
I would. I would. Me too. This is awesome. I want, I want yeah. more guy going like this. Ugh. And uh, all the Engelhart's run up to this point is all collected. There's like five trades. So it's, you know, it's good stuff. So mm. yeah, cool. Engelhart's the best. He's the best Bronze Age writer. He just, he's just so good. Yeah, I, I, I might agree with that. It, it's really interesting seeing, like, the the nuance that he takes some some stuff with and the way that he can write very elegantly about issues. And then he just has these weird blind spots where you just kind of have to, like, turn a blind eye to it. Where you're like, oh, he aged up this girl. Or, oh, a founding father had sex with a superhero's girlfriend. You're just like, okay. Like, yeah, it's yeah. a funny stuff. You just got to get used to that. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things that I think the Bronze Age has a lot of is, like, Writers are starting to introduce a lot of really cool nuanced politics, but not they're still like not a hundred percent hitting it as like a mature story yet. There's still like these weird You things still have chip. Like, yeah. You still have chip, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Hey, that kinda of makes it like that's kinda of why I love this era in a lot of ways, because it's funny to see Chip show up being like, hey, I love everything's going great while <laughs> World War Three is about to start. I, I I love that kind of like I, I like it too but it's one of those things that like i feel like if we did this book earlier in the show you guys probably wouldn't have liked it as much yeah i feel like they're there yeah see i i don't like that because i'm like this is so cool and has so many good moments and then you have like chip saying nuts and calling slack pickle brain where i'm like uh like for me this would be like a hard thing to recommend to a non-comic yeah, reader exactly. because of that it's, stuff. it is yeah despite uh, despite us saying this is one of the most politically like careful kind of comics that we've read that's one of the things about me is uh, it's hard uh, when i first it's hard being sly i agree <laughs> not, it's hard be, but like when i first well, when i argue with ryan a lot about which comics are good enough ryan is always more positive than me and I would uh, criticize comics a lot more for stuff like that, like Chip showing up in the story and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And generally, uh, that's the main reason, because this becomes hard to recommend to the readers. Yeah. But on a personal level, uh, I do get a kick out of it. So speaking of communism, everyone should check out the Comrade Radio Network, right? Everything is super political, and yeah. it's not just us, and it's just a catchy name. But yeah, you should check out the other shows of the Comrade Radio Network. Tales from the Static is back from their season break. I know I mentioned uh, either the last episode or the one before it that they had a bonus but Ryan has officially started season three, two. Yeah, but you're Ryan. The other Ryan. Be Ryan. Uh, I'm a Ryan. The Aryan man. You're, oops, I'm Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so everyone should check that out and all the other shows, the Comrade Radio Network, <laughs> ComradeRadio.com, and the Facebook group. And if I want to hear everybody talk about Chip, and I want to hear everybody else argue about Guy Gardner, because everybody... No. I actually got into a fight with a listener about Guy Gardner on Twitter, but I want everyone to join our Discord links in the show notes and our facebook group and come fight us because guy Gardner's the best no yeah fight us yeah no i it is impossible for us to to simultaneously hold the ideas of i hate mark millar and i like gar gardner that is my my stance he's not a, he's not a mark millar character well he humans is. are contradictory <laughs> crazy beings so uh we don't have to make any sense to you daryl we contain multitudes <laughs> yes yeah. thank you all for listening to vice of issues i've not i've not been a child molester i've been Carrie Bimbo. I've been living in a utopia where everyone is equal and there's no poverty. I've been a poozer. Stay continuity. Comraderadio.com Independent Podcasting Network.